are now going to get into our series, There is a Plan. So get your Bibles ready, open up those notebooks, and get ready to hear a word from God this morning. Welcome to Restoration Church, guys. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Jeremy Arsenault. I'm the creative arts director here, and I get the opportunity this morning. Uh, this is my second time preaching for you guys. Uh, the first time was a little bit of a letdown. We had to shut down our Dover location, and I preached to an empty room with one person sitting in the front row, just pretending there'd probably be great reactions to it when I did it. And uh, it turned out it was really fun. It was a blast to do, and I was, I'm so honored to be able to um, do that this morning. We're starting a new series. Before we get into it, I want to talk through one thing I'm really excited about that I wanted to announce to you guys. Um, as you know, uh, Restoration Worship, uh, we've been writing and producing our, our own music for a little bit now. We have an album that came out, and we released King of Light, the song King of Light that came out. Well, at our worship night, which if you weren't there, was amazing. We got to sing our King of Light song, and uh, we kind of, we didn't announce it because we weren't sure how it was going to turn out, and, and we recorded, multi-track recorded and filmed that entire song. So on Good Friday, to celebrate Good Friday, we are releasing that online. It's our first ever live produced cover, and... We've, I've already listened to it in the car at full volume, and let me tell you, it's good. We have uh, my friend Sam, who uh, produces all that for us, and it just sounds, it's Move Over Hill song. It sounds <laughs> so good. But So this series, uh, yeah, we have that, that's for it. This series, There is a Plan, I'm talking Jesus in the Old Testament. Why, why is that important? Well, to, to talk a little bit about that, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit of a story. Anyone who's talked to me about music, music preferences, they have heard me bring up uh, the dreaded, probably to my friends, King's Kaleidoscope. I'm obsessed with this band, King's Kaleidoscope. I think their music is beautiful, wonderful. You listen to it, it sounds very confusing, but to listen to it over and over again is just something that I love to do. So me and Pastor Andrew, we kind of obsess over this band. We love learning how they thought of the things they thought about. They came out with this music video, and we're going to play in the background while I'm describing it. They came out with this music video for a 10-minute song called The Rush, and this whole song has amazing background on it. But uh, what happened, Andrew and I, we, we love this band so much. We listen to podcast interviews about them. We listen to different, uh, different uh, videos that they produce about the songs. So by the time this music video came out, we knew everything there was to know on the internet about why they wrote this song. So this song comes out, this music video comes out, and Andrew and I are watching the imagery, and we're like bawling our eyes out happy, and let's see if he does it. Hang on, there's this part right here that he is about to jump, and then he sprouts wings and flies away, and it's insanely weird. And there he goes. So me and, him, me and Andrew are watching this. It gets to the end, and we're like, oh, that was beautiful. I need to watch it again. And so I think I'm going to show everyone 
this music video. I need, I need them to see it, it's so beautiful. So I showed it to every single one of my friends, probably every single one, I, I swear I was talking about it the entire time. The interns watched it probably six times that week. Um, and you know what, what ended up happening, and you can, you can cut the video now, we can spare some of the rest, the rest of the animals jump off the cliff too. Um, <laughs> What ended up happening is they'd listen, they'd watch this music video and they said, man, that felt like a bad trip. That, that was not good. I don't understand what's happening. Uh, I even heard as hurtful of words as, I hated that and that is stupid. So, and I still show people I don't care because it's beautiful. But what were my friends, what were my friends missing that I had? What what did I have about this music video that none of my friends had? I had context. I understood about the music video completely before it ever came out. So I watched it, and uh, I know what he had been through. So for some reason, I'm not going to explain it because the sermon's about Jesus, not about King's Kaleidoscope. But when the the animals are jumping off the cliff. It's beautiful. That's all I can say. It's a beautiful thing that's happening. And uh, if you ever want to talk about it, I'll gladly tell you that, not on a Sunday morning. But they are missing context. So let's think about, there's a plan. Jesus in the Old Testament. What we're learning during this series is context. Because I believe sometimes when we're like super excited about something, which if you follow Jesus, that's something that you're probably super excited about. We tend to go to our friends or go to our coworkers and skip all the context and go straight to the end result. And, and what are they going to meet back with? Like, well, that's stupid. Right? I've, I've heard that. I, I've, been try, I've tried to give my own view of, of the importance of Jesus, and people say, I don't understand why that's important. That's kind of silly. And luckily, today, as we've been through, um, as we've been through communion, and as, even as we've sung through our worship, hopefully you have a grasp of some of the basics that is Jesus. But let me give a, a quick overview, uh, even though we did here today. We were created and intended for, uh, for lifelong purpose and connection with God. We were meant to walk with him and be a part of his garden that he made. We ended up falling away from that, and the only way to be close to God was to be blameless the way he intended us to be, and we were not blameless. So Jesus came, and he took on our blame, and now we can be restored to God. That's, that's the the you know, overarching, that, that's the theme. That's the theme that we have. And this, if you had asked me a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, what the Old Testament was for, I probably would have told you, um, I don't really know. I would have said, I, I don't know, it's a book of, of old rules that we don't have to follow anymore. That's what I, that's what I thought it was. It's a, book, it's a book about Jewish people. Um, or that's what I would say, oh, it's the, it's the part the Jewish people believe, and then we, we got some extra stuff that, that is better. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I just, it was kind of weird, and it was kind of boring. That's, kinda, that's what I would have said a year ago, honestly. And I've been a Christian for a long time, and uh, that's, that would have been my response. And this year has been, has been huge for me, learning why context is so important. And I, and I began to understand that the more context I got about God, the more beautiful the outcome of what Jesus did became to me. And I, I believe you, you can read through the New Testament for the first time ever, give your life to Jesus, and that's a beautiful thing. 
And if you lean on just that basic understanding, I think that's the time when you'll start to feel a little, um, a little lax in your relationship with God. And I think the more context you give to what Jesus did for us and how he did it and what power he functioned in when he did it, it gets more and more beautiful to where you see one piece of imagery and you're like, oh my gosh, I understand exactly what I'm seeing. This is beautiful. This is amazing. And we get to, we get to have a little bit deeper of a connection that way. And that's, this whole year has been a lot of that for me. And I was honored, honored to be asked to preach this series when we talked about it at Planning Retreat. I was jazzed up because I had just begun diving into this. And so I'm, I'm so excited to share it. And I hope you guys are ready. So I will ask, thinking caps on, notes if you need them, because uh, this we're, we're getting into the Old Testament, which is not an easy feat to dive into. So what is the Old Testament then? The best way that I could describe it now is the Old Testament is God's biography. The Old Testament is God's biography. If you want to learn more about King's Kaleidoscope, you listen to every podcast, interview, anytime they speak about themselves, you look it up, and that's how you learn more about them. You want to learn more about how our creator functions and thinks and moves, you read his biography. So the Old Testament is, is his biography. As we learn it, we start to learn some of the heart behind who God is and a little bit more depth into, into why we needed to be rescued. So the thing I hope you gain from this sermon and this entire series is to understand that God has a plan for us, and the more context we learn about it, the more beautiful it becomes. So this week, we're going to be learning a little bit uh, about the spiritual realm and the spiritual as uh, aspects of God. And, and in the later series, we're going to be learning about some times that he was on earth talking to people in the Old Testament before he was ever born into human existence uh, as a human. So uh, there, uh, I have a trivia question that I wanted to ask. When is the first time Jesus appeared in the Bible? You can actually answer too. All right, way to steal my answer. Yes, that's not fair. He went to Bible school. So to find, to find the deep answer, all right, let's ask someone a lot smarter than us because I'm not gonna be able to explain it as well as some other people. I want to look at uh, John. I want to look in one of the... Um one of the New Testament stories, it's a gospel. Um, for those of you who've never read a Bible before, we have Bibles at the Welcome Center. You can have that um, for free. You can go up and ask, and, and we'd love to give those to you. So the, the gospels are stories written. They're accounts of Jesus written by people who either were there with him or knew someone who was there with him, and they, they wrote that. So, um, and each gospel has a different um, a different purpose behind why the author's writing it. So John's trying to teach us a little bit more about the power of Jesus, a little bit less of his actual ministry that he spent um, on earth, and a little bit more about, no, no, this is, this is who Jesus is. So let's dive into that scripture. We can put up John 1, it's verse 1 and 6. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So what's that make you think of when you first hear it? 
Genesis 1, right? That's what, that's what makes you think of. So something good to apply into your Bible study. This is Bible study 101 for you, maybe 202 for you. Um, whenever something in the Bible reminds you of another portion of the Bible, put your thumb right there on that page and turn to where you think it's reminding you. Because the, the Old Testament, to the people who wrote the Gospels, the Old Testament was what they called meditation literature. It is something they sat on, they thought about daily. So just like the imagery in that music video, when they'd say something that was to remind you of something, they're purposely saying, hey, here's the context of everything I'm about to say. So put your thumb on, on John 1, go all the way to the very beginning of the Bible. Let's read that together because that is our context. So John, uh, Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So we can read that, and if you have it in your Bibles, keep, keep that whole section up, and let's compare what's, where's John, where, what's John trying to compare? So obviously, in the beginning, instantly, I think about it was the word, and now I'm thinking of when God spoke and created the world. He created light. And then you go back to the bottom half, John 1, verse 6, it talks about, and the life was the light of all mankind that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So he's doing an exact parallel to the Genesis story and I think that's, that's on purpose, and I think John is pointing that out for a couple reasons. The first question that I always asked when I read it is, why won't John say Jesus' name here? Why is he speaking? It sounds a little, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, the Word was with God. It sounds a little like he's talking in coded language. I think there's a couple reasons for this. I think one very important one and let me say it in a way that's gonna sound confusing, and this is why he worded it this way. He wants us to learn Jesus existed before Jesus existed. That's what he's trying to say. That's confusing to listen to. <laughs> Jesus existed before Jesus existed. What does that mean? Jesus was God way before he was born and, and entered earth. Jesus was an idea way before that. Jesus was a person way before he was, that, he was born into the earth. So he's not saying Jesus because he doesn't want people to think, Jesus, that guy I met. He says, no, I want you to think of the creation and I want you to realize the creation of everything is when Jesus existed, not when he was born into the flesh. And I think another thing, uh, another huge reason why he used this um, phrasing it's his choice of wording is insanely important for this verse. Um, and as you, uh, as you know, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in uh, a couple different languages. The New Testament, this one is written in Greek. So to understand what John's trying to tell us, we need to read it the way that John intended us to read it. So the, uh, the word he's using there for word uh, has a couple different meanings for it. 
So that word itself is called logos. So when we, when we read this scripture, it should read like this, if you want to put up our translation. In the beginning was the logos, and the, oh, it should say logos was with God, and the logos was God. Right, so that's how we're supposed to read it when we read through it. Let me give you the definition of logos as it applies into, um, into the dictionaries we've read through it. So definition of logos. In ancient Greek philosophy and early Christian theology, the, this is the divine reason implicit in the cosmos, ordering it and giving it form and meaning. Although the concept is also found in Indian, Egyptian, and Persian philosophical and theological systems, it became particularly significant in Christian writings. So logos, when he says it, that already has a meaning for the people he's writing it for. When they hear logos, they do not hear word like we hear word. What the main, the main idea we're supposed to get out of it, I think there are three main things that logos is supposed to remind you of. Word, plan, and reason. So as you can tell, when he was writing it, there was deep understanding of this word. So when he talked about it, um, people knew that this is what he meant. So as we read it now, armed with what we know John knows, what he wrote should look something closer to this. In the beginning was the plan, and the plan was God, and the plan was, was with God, and the plan was God. And if you skip down even farther, it's really cool, and the plan became flesh. So what he's saying right now, the power that created everything, that was the plan all along, that's the reason that was born into the world. So what do we know? Jesus has been the plan for our lives, for everyone's lives, since the beginning of the entire cosmos. Now, why, why is that important? Why does John think that's something important for us to think? Other than it being extremely awesome and sounding really cool, there's some extra context that we need to learn. That context is the Jewish mindset of creation. So again, when we hear creation, I think in American culture, we think of something a little differently, and we need to understand the Jewish mindset of creation. If you read through it, there are a bunch of hints at how they viewed how the world functioned. They, they refer to um, earth. They talk about the pillars of fo the foundation of earth, the pillars of earth, because the Jewish mindset uh, they, they, they believed that the earth was structured much differently than it was. They, they could not travel into space and see how the earth was, so they, they had these ideas for it, and I think God purposely let them understand it this way so that this became extremely powerful. Now, they described the cosmos before creation as void, darkness, chaos. It was nothing. It was, it was, it was completely chaotic. And when God spoke his logos into creating, what's the third definition of that, that word? He spoke his reason into creation. And what ended up happening is all the chaos that was swirling around and everything that was just completely void, formless, and darkness, he held it into place and he spoke into it and it locked into perfect order. 
right? You hear about all the different ways, if anything goes uh, askew in how our world is created, our earth just like skyrockets out and we crash into the moon and it's terrifying. And, and when God spoke his logos, his reason, his, his uh, perfection, he held it together in place. So uh, in Jewish culture, the way that they, that they viewed creation they, they viewed it as something that God actively did, that he actively held together. He didn't throw a seed into a, uh, into, a, uh, into a pot, water it, and then just wait, and he spoke life, so he's just gonna watch it happen. He's holding the foundations of the entire earth together, right? Does that make sense? Are you with me with that? So, for God, this was another thing that, that when Haley and I were, were talking about it, I was talking about um, for God, even the idea of him ruining foundations and tearing down walls, uh, the imagery that you'd get in this mindset is it's not God angrily smashing something away, it's God removing himself from something. God holds every single, every single fiber together. He holds every single atom together. For him to uncreate something is him to remove himself from it. Does that make sense? So that's the, the Jewish mindset behind that. So what John is telling us is Jesus, when he's making us think back and saying, in the beginning was Jesus, in the beginning was the plan, was God's reason, he's telling us that Jesus is the order that binds the cosmos together. That's the entire background that, that, we're supposed to, that we're supposed to get from that. Not only is Jesus the, the order that binds everything together, he's the only order that binds everything together. Even outside of the Jewish belief, as we, as we heard, this had uh, Egyptian background, it, this had Indian background. When he said the Logos was God, and with God, and that same power became a man, he's telling everyone who's not Jewish, who's ever heard this concept, this is the explanation. So other people had all these theories, and he said, you're right, but I know the further, the further explanation behind it. You're absolutely right by your idea that something cosmic created everything. Let me tell you who it was, the Word. It was the Word, it was the Logos, it was the plan, it was God's reason. And now Jesus, is inviting us to participate in the continuation of the creation story. So we learned at the beginning that, that God created heaven and earth and he put us in a garden to, to be with him. And now, not only that, but when he created Adam, he said, Adam, name, name, the, name, name the animals, do it. Why was he doing that? Because he wasn't looking for someone to rule over and to command. He was looking for someone to be a part of the creation story together. So Jesus came and he wants us to, to return back into the creation story where, where God is, is guiding us and, and leading us. And he's saying, hey, whatever, whatever you bind here is bound in heaven. I want you to create like I intended you to create. And I'm going to be that power for you. Without Jesus is chaos. That's what we're learning from this scripture. Without Jesus is chaos. He's what holds everything together. Without Jesus, there's no peace. 
There's no light, there's no order, there's no plan, there's no reason. And the only reason you and I are still breathing is because Jesus is holding us into existence. And this is, this is the cool thing. The closer we lean into him, the more he binds us away from the chaos. The closer we lean towards Jesus, the less chaos can happen because he holds us a little tighter and a little tighter. But what he's asking is a participation in it. He will not just snap his fingers and make us perfect and restore everything. He wants participation from us. So as we continue to dive into this series, I want you guys to be thinking, what is the context that I'm supposed to be learning? Let me learn more of the beauty of Jesus because there's a lot more to learn. If this is a concept you've never heard before, this is just, just the tip of the iceberg of the beauty of what Jesus has done. And we're gonna learn so much more in this series. I'm so excited about this series. Uh, the band is gonna come out and I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing a little bit, because I think that's a little fitting to worship. We just learned about a God who can create the cosmos and is actually keeping it all together at all times. It's pretty amazing. We're gonna sing a song called The King of Light. How do we know he's the King of Light? We just learned, he actually created it. He holds it in place the entire time. So he is the overcomer of everything. He's the King of everything. And as we keep singing, I want you to remember, as you lean in closer to him, every ounce of chaos within you is bound to perfection. All right? Let me pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are and what you do and the beauty of everything that you do. Jesus, open our eyes to see every, everything you have for us to learn, God. God, we know when we come to you and we, we accept your love, forgiveness, and, and acknowledge that you are Lord of all and Lord of our life, you accept us and you love us, and, and we are now in it. We're now in the creation story with you. Jesus, help us to learn more, connect with you in new ways. Keep the scriptures alive in us as we read them. Reveal to us the new things that you're doing and the new things that we haven't learned yet that have happened in the past, God. Help us to better understand every single day, God, the beauty of who you are. And we pray all that in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing together.